This is exactly right. Adulting is hard, but it doesn't have to be impossible. If you want to hear more about ways you can actually live your best life, check out How to Be a Better Human. Each week, comedian Chris Duffy sits down with an expert to talk about the realistic and often unexpected ways you can improve your life. This season on How to Be a Better Human, learn how thinking about death can actually make your life happier, why it's never too late to make a change, and more. Find How to Be a Better Human wherever you get your podcasts. I want more Lisa Bonet energy. I just want to float in Farm (laughs) Rio with really well-conditioned hair and just like always have something good to say and be like, yeah, I'll give up caffeine and meat for a week. I don't need it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh. I don't want to. I don't want to worry about who's gonna eat the last chicken wing because I want to eat it. I just want to be like, whatever, dude. Everybody, welcome to Adulting. I'm Michelle Buteau. I'm Jordan Carlos. 2023, this is happening. <laughs> it's happening. The resolution is 2020 me. You know what I mean? Ooh, wow. I started off with a massage, lots of massages, uh-huh. a spa day. Go. Now that I have most of my shows wrapped and in the can, I'm ready to go out with my face out and get COVID. No, I am ready <laughs> to be out. I want an overpriced dinner. I want... Mm. I want to be in the sauna, you know, Mm. I want that titty sweat just to make me feel alive. You get it, Jordan. Sure. I mean, I too want like a a man beating me with eucalyptus leaves as well on my back. I want to have a nice schwitz, you know? Yes, me too. <laughs> All this, I love a schmitz. Come on, the hood spawn you. Can I share a little story with you? It's it's a bite-sized story. It better be. What? <laughs> Michelle, of course, I love your stories. What are you talking about? Our listeners should know that we talk all the time. Mm-hmm. But now, like, when you have a podcast with a friend, like, I can't call you and tell you the story because I'm like, oh, we got to save it for content. Yes. So I have been uh, busting at my size 18 Target jeans seam. <laughs> it would seem. <laughs> with my kneelage out. Kneelage out. What's kneelage? Oh, Village is when your knees are out. Okay. My husband has gone to Europe for two weeks for a skiing trip and a family trip. And I'm not saying he's left me alone with Mm. our kids and dogs, but he's not here. And I'm holding it down as uh, well as I can. Mm Mm-hmm. And I took the kids to the ice cream museum in Soho. I don't know if you guys have been or ever heard of it. (laughs) They're not paying me money. It's just a very fun place. Yeah. Ice cream installations, four to five floors, Willy Wonka, cuteness. I roll up with the kids because they love it. They've been asking to go there again and again. I go with the double stroller, mom of the year, like lunch packs. (laughs) Doing just fine. And I'm like, where do I put the stroller? And they're like, oh, there's no place for the stroller. Mm. So four floors of ice cream installations I have to carry a <laughs> double wide stroll. I'm like, what in the Harriet Tubman becomes a twin mom is going on? What is this journey? So I'm already like, what the fuck? But I'm like, it's okay. Just breathe. You're pretty. You got this. And so as we're about to go up the first big staircase of like oh, pink God. and this and purple yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. The kids are like running off without me and I just sound like a disgruntled daycare worker. I'm like, come back, come back. Cause you don't want to like be a black mom in the first five minutes of the tour. Cause it would have been like, get your ass over here, but you can't do Where that. Where you going? Where you going? <laughs> Stay with me, please. Stay with me. Slowly. This lady comes up to me. Obviously she <laughs> thinks I'm Spanish because she's speaking Spanish to me. 
my broken ass Spanish, all I hear is ascensor, uh, por favor, um, aquí, aquí. All I know is that she has told me I could put my stroller in the elevator. Oh. And so I'm like, all right, I'll do that. But the kids are running upstairs. I tell her and she's like, it's okay. It's okay. I'm like, what? Uh, okay. So I run to the elevator and I stick it in there. And then she tells me to come in. I'm like, what's up? And she hits the button. I'm like, what? Now you're separated from the children. Now I'm separated from my kids, dog. <laughs> Jordan. In a matter of moments. You're, you're separated. It, it's the first five minutes of me being... And I run out of the elevator. I leave the stroller in there. And yes. she's like, miss. I'm like, no. I look all over the second floor. I can't find them. There's people taking pictures. There's ice cream. There's balloons. There's doors. I can't find I run downstairs. I can't find them. I run back upstairs. I can't find them. I run back downstairs. Jordan, you have no idea. Heartbeat in the ears. Okay. And then just a couple of moms, like a couple of Southern moms are like, you looking for your kids? And I'm like, yes, I'm bad at Southern accents. Obviously, this is why I've never been on SNL. LOL, that's the reason. And <laughs> I love the drive-by of it all. <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> if it's one thing she's going to do is give you a drive-by and a Sheena Target sweater. Let's go. <laughs> so this lady is like, are those your kids with the curly hair? I was like, yes. Meanwhile, I'm in New York City. All the kids got curly hair, but she sees me. She sees them. She goes, uh, an employee took them to the like employee room. And then I open the door. I don't knock. I open the door. Let me at my kids. The panic that has gone through my body, the rooted to the tuta is um, <laughs> like, I don't know if you've ever been panicked like that before. Of course. Like, of course. My uncle does not know how to swim. And he was in our pool one time in Jersey. Yeah. And he didn't realize that them going down to the deep end was a slide. And so he didn't know how to get back up. And the panic in his eyes where he doesn't know how to swim and he was about to drown. So my my dad jumped in with a shower cap on because his jerry curl was setting. <laughs> and saved my uncle. But I don't know if you guys have ever felt real fucking panic. Like, yeah. I've had friends like lose control of their car on black ice. You know, you're like, oh my God, is this it? Oh my God. And when it's like an extension of yourself, the sheer mm. panic, I, I think I grew a new gray hair within that minute. I was like <laughs> the ice queen. I was like, shut it down. The cold never bothered me anyway. Like, <laughs> Hazel was fine. She's like, what's up, mama? I said, you okay? She's like, yeah, let's go. Otis crying, like melted in my arms. He goes, mama, why did you leave me? And then I'm like, I didn't leave you. We just got lost. I can't believe I listened to this bitch. I can't believe I thought I understood Spanish. I can't believe I have to now continue this two-hour tour with a double-wide stroller. And by the time I was done, people were like, did you have fun? I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, you're not allowed to enjoy anything. <laughs> also, the worst part is if you lose your kids at something fun, Everybody is smiling and laughing and having a great time. And you're the only one. Yes. You're like that painting the scream. You know, <laughs> you're the only one not having a good time. And it, it's almost like this odd juxtaposition where people are like, the best thing in the world. What a day of ice cream and fun. And you're like, that's not how we should be feeling right now, folks. You know? It's like you've just, your heart has been stabbed at the princess party at Disneyland. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's such a weird feeling. You're like, and now the light show. And it's just like, I just shit my pants. Like, it is such a weird feeling. Yeah. And 
I'm already a helicopter mom mm-hmm. by comparing myself to my other friend moms. Okay. Because I do believe like once you've been through some sort of trauma, some sort of loss, especially when it comes to a child mm. and, and having all these miscarriages, you're just like, I don't give a fuck about what you say. Get the fuck out of my way. I need to like protect them and myself at all costs. And so I'm just like, look, lesson learned. I don't think I'm ready to be out with them by myself. Unless- Ice cream museum. You need to have a place for the strollers. <laughs> Long That's search. it. I blame you. You got places for ice cream on every floor, bitch. You don't have a place for the stroller. Unacceptable. <laughs> they should not only refund me, they should pay for my therapy session. And the thing about Otis is, love Otis, on Team Otis here, big fan. I saw him and Chais, your husband, we were hanging out last weekend or so, and there was a big old metal door that closed on Mr. Otis before he could open it. And then he was bawling. And then your husband came back because he noticed that Otis was still outside. And Otis said, why did you leave me? (laughs) Yeah, my husband and my daughter do everything fast. They're very like, they eat fast. Yes. They walk fast. They go. Otis and I take more time. We look Mm -hmm. around. We like to notice everything. And he oftentimes gets left. (laughs) And he's like, did not wait for me. And I really feel for him because you want to... You want to protect your kids and people you love from getting hurt, but you also realize that you need to get hurt to understand how to get over being hurt. We were talking about this before, though. We were talking about this before and how we give our children the anxiety of of hurrying up. They don't give a crap about time. And we're like, get your shoes on. Get your socks on. Let's (laughs) go. Where's your Mickey Mouse sock? Are you done? You don't don't want to go to school? Fine. We don't have to go to school. Fine. I'm going to go. No, don't leave me. Well, then put your sock on. What a monster (laughs) feed. All these titties and freckles just yelling at you. Like... Get to the chopper. (laughs) I'm telling you, this is why edibles became legal in the pandemic, honey. Because we all needed it. Yeah, we did. Our kids especially. They needed us to calm down. Yes. I think I want a microdose. I think I want a microdose shrooms. Yeah. I'm not there yet. Right now, I'm like microdosing, (laughs) you know, those little goldfish crackers. That's what I'm doing. Do I know them? Do I know them? (laughs) You ever do just one or two? You're like, these are pretty good. And then you're just taking fucking clusters full into your mouth. Especially that good cheddar one. Oh, my God. They they came up with the extra cheddar. Yeah, you need extra cheddar. I like an extra sharp cheddar. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's it's cheddar weather. You didn't know it's cheddar weather? I know it's cheddar weather. I had a friend who was, because I was like, I love the, the crunch and I understand it releases like the serotonin makes you feel better. She's like, or you can have an almond. I'm like, ugh, gross. But I was like, what about a chocolate almond? She's like, that's your problem. I'm like, that's my problem. Wow. Um. Okay. I've cut her out. I've You have to cut out judging people. If you haven't done that yet, do it. You'll be so much... Oh, you'll be so you'll be happy. You won't feel anxiety before you hang out with your friends? Question mark. I, that's why I stopped hanging out with Justice Sotomayor. Like I couldn't take her judginess, <laughs> her supreme judginess anymore. Um, so what's what's your new leaf for the new year? I wasn't lying when I said 2023, 2020 me. I have given a lot to everyone and I still will. But if I have this much energy to make everyone look good and feel good, then I need to definitely like put some gas up in my tank. So the vocabulary is be selfish. Yeah. Because I have been taught my whole life not to be selfish. Like when you grow up Catholic, it's these things that have been ingrained into me. Like even being high in public, I feel guilty. Like I'm not supposed Mm. to be high. Don't tell people you're high because my whole life, Mm -hmm. get high behind the building and don't tell nobody. You have to act not high. Well, isn't that part of the fun of being high? For you? 
maybe. No, I I mean, I mean, yeah. it's illicit nature is part of the reason why people do it. I guess. But, you know, my husband's from a country where everything is legal, including prostitution. So it's like, yeah. you know, you have to really figure out your relationship with it. So are you high right now? No, I don't get high during the day. Also, when I'm high, I tell everyone I'm high. It's not fun. <laughs> why is that fun? Now people have to micromanage my shit. Uh, speaking of micromanaging, I'm going to do it. I'm very excited. This guest, she's the reason why we're here. Yes, she's the co-host of my favorite murder podcast uh, right here on Exactly Right Media. She's a writer. She's a comedian. She's a singer. She's an author. She's an actress. She's a dog mama. Yeah. Um, she's a homeowner. She's a CEO. Mm. But now she's here with us to hang out for the new year. Let's do it. Oh, please, everybody. Snap your fingers, pick your wedgies, and shake them titties to Karen <laughs> Kill Gareth. Gareth. <laughs> Hi, Karen. Hi, Jordan. Nice to see you. Likewise, igualmente. What's going on? How's Not your... much. Did you have a <laughs> New Year's questions? Good New Year? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you speak when I'm speaking? <laughs> How dare you guess what I'm going to say? We were just talking about New Year's resolutions. Do you subscribe? I mean, I go through the motions. I mean it like up until yeah. the 6th, r- roughly. <laughs> and then I remember the insurrection and I get my priorities straight. Fighting for this country. You better tell it, honey. (laughs) When I was younger, my resolution was always like more sex, less people. And I thought that was really sassy. Um, People just think you're a hoe. (laughs) And and let them. And let them. Let them. I like the idea that you would be kind of almost in a marketing way. Think of something kind of catchy. You know what I mean? Like, here's what I'm going to say. Whether or not you're going to do it. That's a good idea, too. As like, here's what's representative of me that's kind of what you're asking for. Now go away. Yeah. I, I mean, there's, yeah. There's, I like it. It's got a, a kind of a nice yin-yang symmetry to it and it works. Mm-hmm. like <laughs> <laughs> more sex last people, you know, but what about, what about the, who are you going to have sex with? But, but the yeah. people, right? Like you're kind of, are you arguing for monogamy in that in a very, in a wordy way? What's monogamy? You know what I mean? Ooh. True. Ooh. I, because it's like, if mm-hmm. you hook up with well, people that you hooked up before, <laughs> Like with before, then your number doesn't go up. But then I stopped caring about my number because I'm like, why am I even talking about my number? And I realized we shouldn't talk about any numbers like our age, our weight. Like, why are we even what we make in a yeah? Like, why are we even talking about numbers? So I really went off on a journey by myself. Mm. Um, and that's what uh, heated donation yoga classes will do for a bitch. Because <laughs> if they're donation only, you know they're not controlling that thermostat correctly. <laughs> they just... are not. It got, it was, we went to some places. Dangerously hot. Can they not call you... it? The, what, was, what, what did it used to be called before that? It, now we have Bikram. Say, Bikram. Yeah, we can't say that guy's name anymore. No, yeah, please don't. Okay. He's a monster. <laughs> He's so. a bad Bad news. Yeah. How many more you documentaries need no, to be made? I, 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 like, before no. you stop arguing for I, him. No, I'm you not, can quote I, me. Can, can I say something now? I, Why I just did you say not, he's your hero? I, <laughs> oh my goodness. Girl, what have you been up to? I mean, I feel like you're always working, but you also really know how to relax. <laughs> those, those are very true. Also, two conflicting things that are true. Um, right now I'm at my dad's house. I came up for Christmas and then the bomb cyclone hit NorCal. And so I was like, maybe I'll just stay here for a little while because it's been like 
pouring, master and commander style winds, just <laughs> insane. Right now I'm recording in my old bedroom Aww. that my parents immediately turned into an office like the second I left the house. Quick tour if you want it. There almost nothing's left, but that is my original day bed. Oh, that's so cute, an old brass day bed. And then this is my favorite. So this has become the room where over the years, my dad has put things that don't go in other rooms anymore. Like if other rooms get updated, then they just stick stuff up here. Mm -hmm. So this has become the wall of the weirdest art in the world. Of course, there's the portrait of Beethoven. <laughs> then there's just... It's hard to see because the reflection, but that's a picture of the Twin Towers. Oh my, wait a minute. <laughs> we, we have to talk about the lamp with the three-leaf clover on it. Wow. Oh yes, this was some family friend made my parents a stained glass lamp Aww. because they're Irish. So you know how Irish people are loud and proud all the time. Yeah, sure. Yes, the Puerto Ricans of the UK. Oh yes. <laughs> Oh we, my we God. We both have parades. That's so it's good. true. Yeah. Irish twins, Puerto Rican twins. I mean, it's true. Both islands. Yes. Sassy behavior. Woo. Yes. Bubble butts. <laughs> <laughs> really, uh, uh, kind of jump face <laughs> dancing. <laughs> yes. That might yes. be a stretch. I don't know. My friend, Jersey Jen, who is very Irish, was in. Irish dancing lessons for way too long. I mean, I did love her ponytail pieces. Told me that <laughs> one of the reasons why you have to have your hands be still is because when the British military would come past your house, you weren't supposed to be enjoying yourself. You weren't mm. allowed to be dancing. So they just like... That is not... That, is that true? That cannot, it is true. That is true? Dancing wasn't allowed, I guess, or their Highland dancing, like nothing cultural oh. from Irish culture was allowed. So they wouldn't move their arms, but they would be rebelling with their feet. Wow. And that's why it's all just super stiff like that. But yeah, I have lots of cousins who were did Highland dancing in, in San Francisco. All my city cousins did it wow. and competed in it and had those little funny curly wigs. Yes. Ponytail yes. pieces. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. Did you do it? No. We were the country cousins. You know, the, the city cousins um, always were like eight months ahead in every trend. So we would go visit them. And then that's when we would learn about like, you're supposed to be putting ribbon braids in your barrettes. And then you have, yeah. lo you know, we would go there, learn the trends and then bring them up north. Um, so we were always kind of behind in country. Oh my God. That's like when I go to Florida and they're still playing the songs from like three months ago. As if they're new. <laughs> it's like the electric slide of cultural dances, you know? When I was a kid, we go to these, like, family events and family reunions, and my family was just, like, so awkward, two left feet. But we were like, thank you. Thank you. Because uh, they taught you? Did yes. Did you learn from them? Yeah. We were, we were suburban, yeah. right? Yeah. And they were urban, and it showed. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It was like Steve yes. Urkel with a fanny pack trying to get out there, and it was not— <laughs> I could not boogie-woogie-woogie-woogie. Is woogie. that why you dance like that? I thought that— I thought you were trying I to be am, funny when you dance like that. I am a like good that. dancer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the electric slide, what yeah. I really appreciate about it, the couple times I've been at like weddings or parties when that thing broke out and I had no experience with it. I didn't sure. know. All of a sudden people were going crazy and running the dance floor. And then I was like, oh my God, I can't even fake this. I have to pretend I have to go to the bathroom or whatever. And then someone's like, no, 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 just start it. You'll be fine. And it's the kind of thing where you do not have to know anything there's no, it's the easiest dance to learn. And once you're in it, then you're just having fun. The whole point is 
get everybody together doing the same thing. Kind of a unification. Thing, Absolutely. A social, a social dance. And everything was fine and everything was great until the cha-cha slide came out. And then <laughs> I was knocked back again and my suburban family, we were like relinquished to the wall again. You know what I'm saying? So it's, you can't do the cha-cha slide? One time it'll hop? Two times it'll hop? Come on. Charlie Brown? Who knows what that is? I want to say it was like the best of both worlds because I was in the suburbs, but I still loved dancing so much and had these really crazy, fast cousins in Brooklyn. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I would also come home from school and like my parents weren't home for like four hours. So I'd like videotape all the videos like Debbie Gibson, Electric mm. Youth, <laughs> Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson, <laughs> Electric Youth, Feel the Power Exceeding Everywhere coming up. <laughs> Remember the perfume? Yes. Electric youth yes. Perfume. Oh my God. Do I Debbie. remember it? <laughs> <laughs> the point of purchase Sorry, perfume. Yeah. It was, oh. it was point of purchase. Deborah, Deborah Gibson, yes, right. Tiffany, they could do no wrong. She's like, I think we're alone now. I'm like, I'm always alone. I'm the only child. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Before I forget, we were just talking about like being high and I'm like, I'm not high. I'm bad at being high. When I'm high, I tell people I'm high and then I have to like go fix something in a drawer. Do you get like you have anxiety? Yes. It feeds the anxiety. No, it feeds the anxiety. Interesting. I feel out of control. Can't have that. And just anxious. <laughs> danger, danger. <laughs> what will happen? I imagine you're a wine person. You like a nice glass of a Chablis mm -hmm. here and there, right? Yeah, it's more like a Malbec. I like a full-body Beyonce um, kind of wine. Like, I want this wine to taste like it's got thick ankles. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just like a small waist and tree trunk thighs. That's how I want my palate. Small waist and tree trunk thighs. You want a wine that makes really good mac and cheese. Yes. And let me tell you something. I would take a government mac and cheese too. You can give oh. me an overpriced truffle situation <laughs> that I have to wait an extra 16 minutes for to get the burnt crisping on top or something out of a box with powder. Um, it's just, I just want to shovel it in my mouth. Either mm. way. And you can- What wine, yeah. what wine goes with government <laughs> mac and cheese? Yeah. <laughs> Fra a port Franzia? <laughs> something to be honest, yeah. a, a, a very cold pomplemousse. Seltzer. <laughs> and if you want to get a little frisque, you pour a little rosé in the seltzer. Oh, okay. Mm, summertime. Not mad at it. Here we or are. Yeah. February or Black History Month. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I do have, like, you know, I have the go-to um, kids meals that I really appreciate. This show is called Adulting, and you are in your childhood room. I mean, I can't think of a more appropriate place. Theme, right? <laughs> when we were um, talking before we brought you out, I was telling Jordan, we talk all the time, but sometimes I can't share the stories I want to tell them because we have to save them for content. Do you and Georgia, like, 
Or you guys are like, oof, we can't. Um, I'll, I'll talk to you when we have to press record. You know, we don't only because our podcast is like a book report podcast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we have, yeah. we have our things we're going to read. Most of the stuff we do at the top really is just natural conversation of like, we haven't seen each other in a week. So yeah. this is what's come up or whatever. And I think that, that's pretty clear when you listen to the podcast. There's nothing really planned or um, <laughs> intentionally interesting about it's it. It's fun. You know what's really funny? You can tell we've been doing the podcast for a really long time because we recorded a mini-sode yesterday, which is where we read people's emails they send right. to us. So it's just a shorty. She said something, and then I said, and we read you your, your stories about hometown crimes or... <laughs> Uh, you know, lakes. And then she goes, my first one's about a lake. And like, I just weirdly <laughs> tapped in. Wow. And yeah. guessed the topic of her first email that wasn't about crime. It literally was about a lake. And she was like, how did you do that? <laughs> I'm just like, we've been doing this so long that we are truly tapping in at this point. That's insane. That's wild. So Jordan and I started comedy around the same time, about 20 something years ago. Mm. I'm curious, how do you think comedy has changed for women in the game from when you started till now? I think it's um, completely different. Um, who was I talking? I may, this may have been on a Do You Need a Ride recently, but I think comedy has gotten so much better in every mm. way because everyone doing it now has watched really good people do stand-up their whole lives. And they've had the ability to choose who they want to watch and who they want to follow, whether it's on a channel or it's on, like, YouTube, somebody just posting their own stuff. The variety is so much greater than it was. I started in 1990, for God's sake, where basically we just watched what Evening at the Improv had to serve up to us. And yeah. I thought mm -hmm. every person I saw was funny. Equally funny. <laughs> pretty much yeah. equally funny. Um, because I was just so enamored with the fact that they were doing it. And I loved the idea so much. Um, or anybody like on Late Night that I saw. But nowadays, yeah. I, I just feel like everybody's like gotten the opportunity to go through that phase and then go through like a fan phase and then go through like a comedy nerd phase mm. and then start. So I don't know. It's It feels to me when I watch people now, I just feel like people are so much further ahead at a younger age mm. than, than I think it used to take people years of headlining to really hone material that people are coming to much earlier because they get it already. You don't necessarily have to stand up in front of a hostile crowd to write better material, you know? I don't think. Yeah. Hmm. And for women, I think, I just think there's more awareness of how shitty it can be. The guys that don't care don't care and they'll never care. But the ones who were kind of like maybe blissfully unaware or just kind of neutral suddenly see like, oh, this is a person who's super hilarious and should be on the show and just isn't getting booked because they're not thinking of her. So I think there's a lot more kind of, um, there's an intentional inclusiveness mm -hmm. that did not exist in the 90s. Like, the 90s was the true opposite. For me, it always felt like back then, you were supposed to be trying to be the one woman on every show, mm. which meant those other women were supposed to be your enemy. Or mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? Maybe if you could figure out a way to not like them or to figure out why they weren't good, that would make you, me feel, I should say me, 
because I was doing this. I don't know if anyone else was, but it was like, it would make me feel better. I would feel very competitive with other female comics. Well, I kind of, I felt competitive with everybody and wanted to kind of beat everybody, but that mentality, it felt like there was not enough room. So yeah. it's, it was that kind of like... Crabs in a barrel. Yes. So do you ever do you ever wish like you could, you know, switch heads with someone and start over today? I mean, yes, in the way that it would be cool to see what I could come up with if I could just be comfortable from the beginning. Mm. It took me so long to kind of get to the place where like when I was on stage, I wasn't immediately in a fight with the audience in my mind. You know, it it was like a fight to the death every time I did stand-up. So I do fantasize a lot about how much fun it would be. You know, like the first time I saw, um, well, you, Michelle, or like Rory Scovel, people that get on stage and seem like they're having an even better time on stage than they are in the green room. Mm -hmm. And I would just be like, wow, that's so, that's the dream. And that is actually what you should be bringing, that energy of like, I've got this as opposed to any kind of that tension energy. Like, yeah, the, the, I always thought I was going to control the audience with my energy, which mm. is, I think, a bad way to yeah. do it. I'd love to be more comfortable. It's so funny because when I see you on stage, especially like our Canadian history oh. of festivals. Our Winnipeg oh, weekend. <laughs> oh, Manitoba. Uh, <laughs> more like um, no-toba for me. Um so many band-aids on faces. But anyways, the point is, I mean, straight up stand-up, it, it is what it is. And, you know, you do what you can. But when I see you on stage and now, like, people have used this word alternative comedy quite a bit. To me, like, alternative comedy sometimes doesn't cover it. It really is thinking outside the box, being creative, being brave, doing something that's more like a shade of gray in a very black and white setting. And every time I see you on stage, like, that's what you do. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> it's like very exciting. Like even to be on stage with another person for me, like, I feel like I'm out of control. Yeah. Um, right. So I'm glad to be doing it with someone that is not an asshole that I like. That's you, Jordan. Oh, um, let, me, let, me, so I, let me put a reaction on there. Hang on one second. And um, boom. There you go. Oh, that's nice. And... <laughs> He just put a heart emoji up, which is so sweet and underwhelming for a podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm taking it off. <laughs> but like, as I hear you talking about having this beautiful vocabulary of stand-up and performers, it really makes me think like, shit, man, you've been doing your thing. I never even, I never even saw comedians sing. So you started saying, I was like, we just always went to karaoke after the show. And you're like, I want to take it to the stage. Well, you know what that was, though? That was me coming back to stand-up after five years of being gone and really feeling that, like, this has sped up and people are real good and people are mean business. Like, no one's Mm -hmm. getting up there with their notebooks trying to work stuff out anymore. People are there to get booked on other stuff. People are there to get on TV. Like, it felt like it got serious. And when I started trying to do just regular stand-up stand-up in that milieu, (laughs) if I may, I felt like I am irrelevant or I just don't have anything to say in this way anymore. Like, standing here and and listing off my laundry list of complaints. Also in the 90s, a lot of people's acts were like, I hate this and I hate that. And it just was out. Like once social media took over and everyone loved everybody all the time publicly, that mm-hmm. whole act was kind of out the window. And then I was like, 
I'm nothing without my hatreds. So then I was like, well, I need to do something (laughs) that when I get on stage, I'm excited or scared to be doing it. Like it has to be some kind of new thing. And it is very, very um, horrifying to sing. Like, first of all, it's embarrassing to sing comedy songs because it's really kind of classic hacky. Like it's almost early 80s hacky in a way, or at least it was at the time to me. But also, it's very vulnerable, right? So yeah. it's like, if you're in the middle of a bit that sucks, you can bail and change the subject. <laughs> but you can't do that with a comedy song. It's you true. just have to keep, then now it's the chorus again. And now we're going to do a third verse. It's horrifying. So it was just like a challenge of how am I going to make this thing I love doing interesting again? And then how am I going to do a thing that I actually don't believe in um, and do it kind of, you know, successfully enough to want to continue doing it. Oh my God, I never even thought about it like that. Stuck in a song. I Stuck love inside. it. I always gave people like the benefit of the doubt when they did a comedy song. God's Pottery or like um, Stucky oh, and Murray. I God's Pottery. Yes. I yes. love God's Pottery too. They're so funny. Um, Garfunkel, Garfunkel and Oats. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like animation. It's such a fun vehicle to talk about some real edgy shit and still be like, well, it was a good song, right? Yeah. I tricked you into listening to it. Exactly. I, I, exactly. And um, yeah, I I low-key always wish I could sing. You can sing. I'm not talking about Christmas songs at karaoke, Jordan. Oh, okay. You know, like Zach Galifianakis, like playing on a baby grand, mm. you know, at a festival and just saying some wild ass shit. Like yeah. that's... Get the purple onion. Yeah, totally. Oh, the purple onion. Okay. So, um... My question was for you guys, and then we'll get to the questions, but this is my question about adulting. I have two really big, black, beautiful dogs. They're like a dog food commercial. They're really good with kids. Um, They're obviously loud because they're big. It's really hard for me to host people that don't like dogs. Mm. Um, And people that don't like dogs usually don't understand them. Or um, they didn't grow up with dogs. I didn't grow up with dogs. I figured it out. I can love easily. And I don't mind a little dirt, especially on a white sneaker, LOL. Oh, yeah. This is about Jordan. Okay, I get it. You don't know how to love easily? That's rough. Well, maybe it's about trust. Maybe (laughs) maybe I've been hurt. It's about (laughs) faith. I'm a dog-friendly household, but, you know, when people come over and they don't like dogs, it is even more exhausting because I constantly have to get them and take them out and da-da-da. But they're touching me again. Like, what do you guys... Do if your friend or friends don't like dogs? Do you have them over? Um, if it's a quick visit, I'll put the dog in in the basement with a chew toy. My dog is so loved and so cared for. He can endure twenty minutes. He can endure twenty minutes. If it's over that and you're not a dog person, then I, I'd go meet them in a public place. What about you, Karen? Um, I love the idea that all of your uh, dinner parties would be twenty minutes long. <laughs> <You're just> like, <laughs> get in here, eat this salad, hurry up. Roast beef's on the way. It's a quick visit. (laughs) Just saying. It's so funny. I think because of COVID and my true uh, kind of social brain damage from COVID, I was like, I don't think I've ever thought of this because I just assume people are going to like my dogs. Like, why wouldn't you like these guys? They're small. They're a little yappy at the beginning. And then all they want you to do is pet them. But I've definitely had people over that are just like, do I have to pet your dog this whole time? Like my dog, Frank, will, if you stop petting him, put his nose under your hand and nudge you to keep on petting him. So, um, So I do the same kind of thing, either put them outside, put them somewhere with a chew toy, 
most of the time, I think the people that come to my house are dog people for the most part. I know I've never had anybody be like, I can't be around dogs. Mm. Oh, wow. I need to, I need to re uh, assess my invite list. Yeah. Let's get that circle a little bit smaller. Yeah. I mean, it's also Dutch people. Dutch people either like love dogs and a very crazy old lady. There's something about Mary lick their tongue <laughs> kind of way. Or they're just like, this is disgusting. Get it. And then like my Caribbean family too. It's just like, why would they be in your house? They should be tied up outside somewhere as like guard dogs. Mm. And so the culture clash of it all. I'm just like, these are also my children and they're on the couch because that is their bed and you are yeah. in their space. Yeah. It's really a hard one. So many people in LA use pets as like children because they don't have time or they're trying to do something else. There's so many pet obsessive people, I think. Yeah. It feels to me like most of the people I know don't just have pets, but they're obsessed with their pets and right, right. want to bring them over as well. It's that kind of vibe. That's yeah. that's a good ass circle. This question from an audience member, I mean, kind of a segue, although, you know, uh, the question is, is it okay for your dog to be in the room when you're having sex? Ooh. I mean, I, who loves that that dead-on stare? <laughs> As they're like, Making... why, why, why are you hurting each other? <laughs> it, it just already feels like a Sebastian Maniscalco bit. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah. hey, the dog. Uh, no, like, I, you got to look I, at me? <laughs> I can't. I can't. I, I, I mean, think, no, it's a no for me. I'd say a no. I think it is too much of like, you're just involving more uh, variables when you don't really want to be thinking about stuff like that. Right. Personally, it's a hard pass for me because I got, I once, it wasn't my dog, but I got a cold nose in the asshole. And that was like, <laughs> that was enough for me. Which well, was like, who a, was it then? Huh? Who was it? It wasn't. It wasn't Leo, and that's all I'm willing to talk about right now. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but it was like I got a sniff, sniff in the booty hole, and it was like, I was like, oh my, someone's yeah, someone wants to that's play. A no. Yeah, it's a no. <laughs> yeah, I need to like, I need to be very clear minded. Like, even the pictures that we we have up of the kids and family in our bedroom, I had to move. So I'm like, <laughs> I can't have people looking at me like, Focus. and I even, I am, I am such a recovering Catholic that I only want to really have sex under the covers because I feel like the Holy Ghost is watching. <laughs> they watching. That, What's they crazy watch about the Holy Ghost is that they're under the covers. <laughs> yes, that's where the Holy Ghost lives. <laughs> oh my God. Um, that's where oh, their ghosts is... just <laughs> yeah. rise up. It's me, the Holy, the Holy Ghost. Ghost. Is the, was the first person to cut out holes in a sheet. Oh my God. This is ridiculous. What is the appropriate age to stop trick-or-treating? <laughs> you know the you know what it is? It's like it's like that Supreme Court justice said about his obscenity. I know it when I see it. <laughs> and and like and like when you're coming because I'm I'm a candy giver like people come to my neighborhood to get that candy and like when you're 14 and out here and don't say trick or treat and you just like have a, a bodega bag like what give it give it I'm dressed like I'm dressed like Jason when it's more of a threat uh, when it's more uh, threatening than cute uh, you're done mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know <laughs> yeah if I'm standing in the doorway. And you're taller than me. Uh-huh. I shouldn't be giving you free candy. <laughs> <laughs> you should be escorting a youngster and steal yeah. their candy like any other good adult yeah. would be. Or Jack teen. Jack a kid for its candy. Thank you. Yes. Yes. 
Yeah, I want to say if you know that Santa is not real, spoiler alert. Wow. And you're too old to play with Barbies, then maybe you don't trick or treat. You know, like it's 12, 13. We went one year when I was, I can't remember if, it, I think it was sixth grade. And we got a lot of heat from a lot of the people yeah. that were opening the doors that were just kind of like, yeah. really? <laughs> it was like a really vibe. And that was kind of embarrassing. So we were embarrassed out Sixth of it. Sixth grade? <laughs> okay, that's that's a long that's a long time ago. But like, but now children have to be like, you know, now we have to coddle the children. So up until the eighth grade, I think you could go till the eighth grade. But like sixth grade, you're in your prime, you're killing it, you're still cute, you know? And like yeah, yeah you still got the cuteness factor. And like, uh, but eighth grade, you know, when you're starting to get like Thanks. when you're when you're getting oily and stuff like that, it's just not cute anymore. <laughs> Oh, no. If you have visible uh, chin acne, you shouldn't be able to trick or treat. If you got chacne, you got to go. You're not (laughs) Not getting any of this. Not (laughs) chacne. Yeah. And by the way. You know, those those harsh ones. I'm terrible. I'm like, I don't like running out of candy. So I'll just be like one piece only. I'm that guy. (laughs) You came all the way up the stoop for one piece of candy. Here, let me me, uh, dive in. At what age should you stop sharing a hotel room with your parents? Immediately. <laughs> if oh you're my asking God. this question. Immediate mom. What are you doing? Uh, I guess. Oh my God. One detail question is how many CPAP machines are in that hotel room? Because you can't have more than one. <laughs> if there's more than one, you got to splurge. I don't know. I think if you have the means and the resources, you should create boundaries um, between you and your parents because ultimately they also want space. I mean, I guess I, it really depends what age we're talking about. If you do, if you do do a hotel room, I would try to get one that have like the their next door, so you have the like connecting door. Mm. But like, I don't even think like hotels anymore. I'm not like in a hotel space when I have like more than one person with me. I'm like, what's the Airbnb situation? Because it'd be mm-hmm. nice for all of us to have a kitchen when we wake up. Because I'm really not trying to fuck around with five hundred dollars for oatmeal for four people. Yeah. I'm the only child, and so I'm more like the third person in the family than the kid. So, like, one of my first memories of going to Paris with my parents, I don't know, I was 12 or 13, mm. and my dad put up a sheet in, like, a little room sure, um, in our hotel in Paris, and, like, I could hear him trying to have sex with my mom. My mom's <laughs> like, no, <laughs> Michelle's here. And I'm like, okay, I'll see you for the croissant in the morning. And so... You know, but like I was too young to have my own room. So I don't know. If you do do it, you got to really lean into it and have fun. Maybe the parents are infantilizing this person and not letting them get another room. You know, it's like maybe that's also happening if the person is being guilted. But I feel as though if you're on a trip and you want some space to yourself, get a room next door, get an adjoining room, maybe get a room down the hall and create a little space for yourself, you know, and see what that's like. And uh, if your parents aren't going to pay for another room, then, you know, maybe give it a try. Go to like, there's Hotel Tonight, which a lot of comedians use on the road, things like that. Very cheap hotels. <laughs> We're not sponsored by them. <laughs> but it's a really good, it's a really good discount um, uh, spot for a cheap hotel room. Uh, I think that's a thing. And then also like, you know, they're very lucky that their parents didn't do like a Colonial Williamsburg like family bed, which is Ugh. like, you all are in this the same bed. Itchy. And, like, it's worse than the sheet in the middle between the two beds. There's, like, this kind of, like, there was a um, a wooden, like, fence that they would put up. And then it, it had little points on it. So that if, like, if if your daughter was being courted by 
you know, the town squire, he couldn't, no. he wouldn't climb no. over to, no. yeah, to hump her in the night. And that because was the, yeah. like a tiny, no. sharp fence. No, no. <laughs> and the no. family bed. And that, my friends, is adulting. No, and that, my friends, is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, we, <laughs> we have to tell Lin-Manuel Miranda about it. Maybe he'll put it in his show. <laughs> That's the next musical. <laughs> okay, family so the bed. next question. <laughs> the next, family Matters, a sequel. Mm-hmm. So the next question is, I fucking hate to meditate, but I know I need to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any meditation app recommendations? Yo, yo anybody that says I fu- the anger, <laughs> the hot, <laughs> searing animus. They really try. They really tried. It's not working out. Is Judy Gold writing these questions? One big curl stuck to her Christ. I love her too. Yeah. I had the same kind of thing where the second I would try to start meditating, I'd be like, I can't do this. The second I would try to quiet my mind, it was almost like I was quieting it for the most vicious voices to come in and be like, Mm. you're an idiot for trying to do this or whatever. So there is a thing somebody taught me where it's like, you don't, it's not, you're just trying to get to neutral. So that idea that like, if you're just going to sit there and be quiet, you're not trying to have like no thoughts whatsoever. That's, that's impossible unless you're, you know, like a monk or something. You're just trying to get to like a calm, neutral, mm-hmm. quiet place. Um, also, if you need an app, Headspace. That's a, that's a good one where it's, they're really short. Like it's like five minute meditation, 10 minute meditation. So you're not trying to sit down for 20 minutes on mm. day one. The Calm app is pretty good. I mean, I find myself, I was just like meditating this morning and I was kind of fidgeting. And then I realized I was cold and I just kind of like held myself and that felt really good, you know? And I was like, oh, that's what I need right now. And I, just, mm-hmm. I would add one thing. If you are meditating and it's so, it's so goofy and it's so like whatever, basic, but you can just say like, be there. Like you breathe in, be, and you exhale there. And like, if you can just concentrate on those two words, it's, it's actually it now. Not- <laughs> <laughs> no, this is really good for me because I am not good at meditating. Um, Did you write this question? I didn't see it on the list. <laughs> Love Michelle. <laughs> no, but it really fucking spoke to me. Um, yeah, I I am really bad at it, and I usually fall asleep. Okay. I have to manage my expectations when it comes to meditation because people talk about it like it's euphoric. Like mm-hmm. I'm seeing shit with my third eye. I know the answer. I feel so much calm now during the day. And I'm just, none of that happens for me. In fact, I feel more anxious because I'm not doing it right. I'm coming up with lists and things that I haven't done yet, <laughs> but that I want to do. Uh, can you know what I mean? And so I'm like, I don't know. I could just also take a bath. But you know what's good for that? And this is not app specific, but any kind of guided meditation, then you're kind of out of the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you have some like someone with a real good voice that's just saying stuff every once in a while. And so you're basically <laughs> listening. And we all kind of know how to do that where you're just like, oh, what are they going to say next? And you don't have to, quote unquote, do anything. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Guided meditations are the best. Absolutely. Just like have them guide you through this, please. Yeah. Oh my God. Guide me through the purple rain, bitch. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> No. Okay, last question. All right. When is it okay to start farting around someone you're dating? Does burping come first? 
take him to the Jilly Bowl Classic <laughs> and just sneak On a cheek. Night one. Night one. <laughs> just right in their face, like a gentleman. Um, I don't know. <laughs> a first fart is probably like, what, three, four months in? I just farted 12 years in. <laughs> That's right. You have that decompression chamber. <laughs> you would get in called a bathroom. Yeah, the decompression chamber. You get in after every date, and you have this. <laughs> it would suck farts out of you. <laughs> Remember that amazing, the best commercial ever, where the girl gets in the gets walked to the car on the first date and gets in and farts, and then there's a couple in the back seat. <laughs> No, oh, I don't look remember that commercial. I can't remember what it's for, it's but it was it, Mentos. You know, <laughs> I had a boyfriend who would laugh really hard anytime I farted. He thought it was really hilarious. It's just the person that you are dating at the time. Yeah, if somebody's going to be grossed out by you and think you're gross, then you're going to have to work that out. But this begs the question, Karen. Are you a funny farter? <laughs> I will play up to the audience, absolutely. If I know that the audience is going to receive me well. not I wouldn't be a funny farter to someone who's like, oh my God. <laughs> I, you know what I think is really cute? I think especially in the beginning of a relationship where everything is like new and fun, it's like, tell me about your childhood and on your fucking interest in shit. I, um... <laughs> You know, uh, how people yeah. are like in love or whatever. Chit chat, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's fun to talk about it. You know, like yeah. what foods make you fart and mm. you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, people are like just like, ooh, like the chili or like the black beans or the kidney mm. beans, like whatever Broccoli. it is. It's like, yeah. yeah, I think that's a cute conversation to have. Yeah. I always feel you should say safety before you do it. And then people, <laughs> people, yeah, gonna I'm like earmuffs. I'm gonna fart. And he's like, now I'm like, in this economy, yes. Are you serious? Cannot hold it. My asshole is speaker of this house, and we need to talk about some shit after 15, uh-huh. 15 rounds of voting. <laughs> yes, we've got to fart after 15 rounds of voting. My sister was very, um, everything was gross to her growing up. Everything was gross. Everything mm. was gross. And one time, she started farting and it was really gross. And I was like, wow, really? And then she started laughing and then the the tempo of the fart changed. <laughs> like it was still going, but then Whoa. it was like going with her laughter and then we could not stop <laughs> It was one of the greatest, like one of those latchkey kid after school moments where you're like, if only we had video. This was unbelievable. Ah, yeah. oh, I, I wish. I wish. Oh, that's so nice. You know, I really gotta. I should set higher expectations for my farts. <laughs> that they, oh, I can the do it. You can do. <laughs> I can do it. You know, my daughter. If you pull her finger, she can fart no matter what time of day, Sweet. and she's proud of it. And then ripple threat. When she when she farts, Otis will he'll blink with both eyes, and I'm like, yeah, I'm done. I'm a mother. I'm done. Talent show. Here are, the, here are the keys to the car. You yes. guys are going straight to the live rounds. Gold confetti, gold confetti. Diamond cows on the em. phone. Yes. Star search, four stars. America has got talent. Absolutely. Yeah. Turning my chair around. I just had to see the face. I just had to see what it looks like. Um, so we, I have the biggest wedgie, you guys. I'm so sorry. I just, oh God. It's like one of those. High control panty top thongs. Now we know everything. Are you All regretting right. hiring us as a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for hiring us. Yeah. See, usually I was going to, well, usually at the end of every show, we ask our guests, what's the most adult thing you want to do mm-hmm. 
yourself that you haven't. Um, but you could also just tell us <laughs> why you wanted to hire us. <laughs> well, <laughs> I knew the fart content would come strong <laughs> and serious week after week. And yeah. we knew <laughs> that you guys could deliver. We didn't let you down. Um, <laughs> so excited that you guys are on our, our network. It's still kind of a dream come true. Aww. That first episode with Maeve Higgins, I lost my mind. I was just like... <laughs> I knew this was going to be good, but I didn't know it was going to be this level of she's in love with Jordan's dad good. I mean, it was just the funniest. I had to leave We've the room. Through I that. had to leave the room. We've been working through that. <laughs> still working on it one year later. So the one thing I would still like to do is that's the question, right? Like as Yeah, yeah, yes. Honestly, I would love to learn how to professionally cut hair. I would love it. Speaking of which, I love your hair. It looks really nice, by the way. Oh, it always kindly. is banging. It's always banging. The hair's um, always banging. Thank you But so wait much. a minute. This is a beautiful answer. Out of all the guests <laughs> since 2017, no one has ever nah, said this. No, nah. It's, <laughs> usually, it's lo- usually vacation, right? Yeah. Well, there's a, there's been other things too, but like this is, there's so much um, responsibility with cutting someone's hair. Yes, there is. And also it's like, I don't, I really don't know how they do it. It would be fascinating to understand like the geometry of cutting hair, mm. especially men's hair. Like I was watching, so I just did get my hair done because I do get it done up here. And the woman that I go to, I say girl, the woman that I go to is really, really good at it. So she does my roots, then takes another customer while my dye is setting and then comes back to me, right? And then does the cut. And so I was watching her cut this guy's hair, and it was his was kind of grown out, um, but it wasn't particularly long. Mm. And the haircut he had when he walked out was so awesome. And I was just like, "What? How do you do it? Like, how yeah. do you mm. know the angles and whatever?" But also the satisfying when she cuts my hair and pulls it out like this, and yes. then all the weird stringy. How like some yeah. pieces have grown mm. longer than others, and it makes no sense. And then you just get to go zip, 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 like. To me, that is so satisfying. Watching her do it is so satisfying. I want to be able to do it someday. And then you would be so useful to everybody all the time. That is a beautiful answer. You want one of those lifeboat skills, you know? It's like, why are we? Why do we have you on this lifeboat, right? Well, I actually, I cut hair. We're going to need yeah. that. We're going to need that. You know what I mean? We're going to need to stay beautiful on this lifeboat as we slowly yeah. die of... I love this. I can't wait to do a follow-up to see if you've been to cosmetology school and then you figured out how to cut it. (laughs) Because that is magic. Thank you so much for joining us and and doing our show. It was was nice to talk to you. Employing us. Thank you so much. (laughs) My pleasure. Great job, everybody. You're doing really good. Those live shows too. Man, you guys really come alive. Those I'm so excited that you guys are capturing the live show vibe. It's so awesome. It's so fun. Thank you. Thank I'm glad you. we could do it. Yeah. There's nothing better than a live show. Tight yeah. mm-hmm. Bell House baby. Yes. Yeah, Bell yeah. House baby. Seventh <laughs> Street BK <laughs> all the way. <laughs> yeah. Nothing better than a live show. Maybe clean sneakers and a good haircut. That's also a good live show. Yeah. I mean, uh clean white, making a list. Clean white sneaks. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> nice to see you, Karen. Happy New Year. Love you so much. Happy New Year, see guys. You good Thank to see you. you. Thanks for having me. Bye. Wow. That was such a long episode, but such a fun episode. What time is it? 
it's time to end the episode, bud. Oh, <laughs> like what do you what, like? Like what? Like what? You have like a cool dad sweater on and a gold ring, and all of a sudden you can't tell time. What is wrong with you? Is yeah, that a you, pinky ring? I can't. No, it's it's a signet ring. It's not a big deal. Let's not let's not dwell on it. Let's just say goodbye. And like, I'm I'm just... not trying to dwell. <laughs> I love what Karen does for the comedy community, the podcast community, and 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 most of all, just um, truly giving a when we say alternative comedy, like really giving a voice, a platform to people who have different voices that mm-hmm. don't always, you know, have a place to go. Yes, exactly, because comedy clubs, YouTube channels, there's like a lot of um, different outlets that are just like you have to be this thing, mm-hmm. and it's so nice working with someone who's just like you only have to do your thing. Like, mm. do you. Yeah. And that's what Karen and Georgia are about. And, like, I just love that we're here. It feels like it's exactly right. And on that note... Bye-bye. Can't stand myself. Bye. Oh, I still have this wedging. This has been an Exactly Right production. Our senior producer is Jiha Lee. Our associate producer is Alex Chi. This episode was mixed by John Bradley. Our guest booker is Patrick Kotner. Additional production support from Hannah Kyle Crichton. Theme song and live show DJing is by DJ Don Will. Our live show producer is Marianne Ways. Artwork by Jamie Bechtel. Photography by Geis Vandermost. Executive produced by Karen Kilgariff, Georgia Hardstark, and Daniel Kramer. Follow the show on Instagram at adultingthepod. Email your questions to adultingquestions at gmail.com. Okay. Follow Adulting with Michelle Buteau and Jordan Carlos on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show and visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase adulting merch.